and welcome to Plan K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the podcast where we watch a K-drama two episodes at a time and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes 13 and 14 of Crash Landing on You and... It wasn't a good week. I wasn't no, in a so good headspace to watch this. What What I need from like everything in my life right now in this moment is only affirmation and good feelings like that is all i have i am a overflowing mug of feelings and if someone adds sadness to me that's what's gonna spill out and so you know thanks crash landing on you for the extra hurt that i didn't have the emotional bandwidth for try and inject that awkward laughter into my voice right now so sorry it's just so shaky i'm doing great everything's fine <laughs> everything's fine and we're not sad so we're we're real life sad and that's fine we're riding this wave uh obviously there's a lot of things to be real life sad about like pick it pick your choice pick your poison but we just found out that i will be in japan for another year at least another 14 months is it Instead of four months. I was supposed to come home in four months and see my best friend and my family. And live in the same city again. Yeah. It's fine. I'm not. I made that choice. We're just gonna be sad today. So sorry if the podcast has weird energy. Yeah, what if we... <laughs> it's fine. We can keep recording. I'm fine. <laughs> I, I just found out ten minutes ago, so um, M is the kind of sad that has been steeped, yeah. and I'm the kind of sad that's fresh and raw, and I'm having a hard time pretending like nothing is wrong. Raquel's a little marshmallow in a microwave. It's <laughs> just all all coming out. All the insides are coming to the outsides. Yeah. I'm sorry I put you in the microwave before we started our podcast. <laughs> that may have been unfair of me. I mean, I'm glad you didn't wait to tell me later, because I do want to know bad news as soon as I possibly can. Okay, I am cool. that guy. Yeah. I could have told you after, but I was like, I will just bring the weird energy by myself for the whole podcast. <laughs> and I think that would be noticeable. Y'all, Emily and I are pretty much actually, sort of, literally, Seri and Jeonhyuk. So. <laughs> Raquel Seri, because she's the pretty one, and I'm Jeonhyuk, because... I'm trapped in another country. Uh, you're also the pretty one, damn. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they are both the pretty ones. The actual best looking person that's ever lived. So anyway, fair, I don't want to be thirsty on the podcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, yeah, trapped many miles apart. And the fact that this drama has started to feel like it's personally attacking us is not the place we want to be in while we watch it. Mm -mm. I cried so much. I ugly cried at the end of episode 13. It has been, like, I I cry a lot at dramas, you know that. And you talk about how it's been years since you really ugly cried at a drama. I didn't think I, I don't think I realized how long it had been until I started doing it. And I was like, oh my god, this hurts on a different level. Yeah, I have not 
ugly cried fully yet. I'm pretty much I r- reserved it for episodes four or fifteen <laughs> and sixteen. So um, I didn't cry at the end of thirteen at the normal part to cry though it was very sad and I did I that's when I, the tears really anchored themselves inside of me. It was one hundred percent the part where her good boys were telling Regen Hyuk that he needs to give them orders. <gasps> That's when I started crying, Raquel, we're the same person. Yeah, that um, was the level of friendship that I adore. And also the, you know, mix it in with her dying on the concrete. And then you've got a cocktail of hurt (laughs) and love. And Uh, what feels like lost love in the moment. And lost friendship. Like, I I definitely was teary-eyed. At the lost love at Ri Jung Hyuk holding Yun Se on the concrete. Very sad. The tears started falling when these good boys said, You think you've gone through all your resources, but you've got some pretty solid resources lined up right here. Don't let us go to waste, bud. We've got your back. And then I was broken when they found her. And they were like, yes. she's our friend, too. I yes. Because, yeah, you start with uh, that good male friend, like that good enduring emotional male friendship that we all really want, like, and support. If you got, if men, if you have like a really emotional relationship with your best friend, you're doing it right. We're battling, we're fighting for feminism together and we're battling toxic masculinity together because, damn. And then you, uh, once you've let that cook for all of five seconds, uh, sprinkle in a little bit of enduring friendship between these men that had to take care of Seri and now she's taking care of them. And, uh, you know? Broken. Broken. Ugly sobbing. Um, that was definitely the most memorable part of these two episodes. Like, obviously we got a great cliffhanger on the episode, on the end of episode 14, and we got so much good stuff from beginning to end of both these episodes what a ride yeah like the okay the creators of this show are so intuitive at the moment to have something adorable or hilarious happen and then just completely like roller coaster freaking jerking you in the opposite direction (laughs) into a very dark place they are it's it's very it's artful i'm gonna call it artful because one moment we are laughing at the fact that regen hyuk is furious that tomato cultivator went up (laughs) against uh what was the young good boy's name i can't remember i'm sorry no that's okay i can't remember either anyway uh yeah you get like little moments like that and then the next moment you get Seri's middle brother actually arranging her death when you think that maybe he was going to come through like a person, you know, like yeah. a real person. You thought, you okay, you thought he was going to come through like a person. You let yourself believe that. <laughs> but where does that leave us? You thought he got caught at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that that would stop him being like, ooh, what a close call with my papa. Man, I should not do any more tricky stuff because clearly i'm not very good at it and then his wife's like let's lean into this and he's like okay what is wrong so mm, do you want to go off the rails do you want to go off the rails or do you want to talk in order 
Um, I mean, I think we've already exited the rails. We started the podcast by crying into the mic, so... Yeah, okay. So, is it not illegal to hire someone to murder someone? Because, like, I would like to do that if it's not illegal. Yeah, I, I do feel like maybe it's not illegal in Korea all of a sudden, or... Because we did confess in front of a cop that we hired someone to murder our sister. We did say so. that on tape. <laughs> and I guess they can just go and homegirl can get a phone call that's like, would you like another piece of dirt that would like help you get on your dad's good side or whatever? I don't know. Just like, how are you even walking around the hospital making phone calls? Should you not be in jail? I guess I'm not clear on laws in South Korea. Truly, I'm not clear on laws in South Korea, because South Korea is a more lawless place than I ever could have imagined if we're going by K-drama world rules. And it's the only point of reference that I have, if I'm being honest. I have <laughs> not, I have not done real world research. But apparently, it's totally cool. It's not getting your hands dirty if you just pay someone money to assassinate your sister. That's fine. I actually, I have to go now. I'm just going to walk out of the room and ask for your cooperation in the investigation. What? What? Excuse me, what? Excuse me. I, I understand if you're not an actual policeman. Like, I know you're working for the National Intelligence Service, and maybe you're like, I don't have the right to arrest people, but I'm pretty sure you can call the cops and be like, hey, I need someone arrested. I think that's the next step in the process, is calling the cops and... Getting those two arrested. Yeah, so... And both of them, not just one of them, because it looked like she was in some kind of detention center at some point or something. But she was just walking around. Or maybe it was a hospital. I, I can't tell the, the difference, if I'm being honest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't think she ever left the hospital. Like, does this not seem dangerous to you guys? How is that family letting them do anything, ever? Because daddy cut their money off, so that's about as much as we can do. They're clearly extremely dangerous and not above killing people to get what they want. And they now you've backed them into a corner and then just kind of left them in that corner. Yeah, instead of, you know, executing on literally, you just said, I'm taking away all of your stuff. And honestly, you didn't even do that yet because you have to like call a meeting. So does that mean that we just like chill and let them keep making dangerous phone calls, I guess? I guess. So this is how we end up with the cliffhanger of episode 14 which is Ri Jung-hyuk and Jo Chol-gang getting caught. And I blame that entirely on the sister-in-law. And I blame her being free entirely on that NIS agent. So, like, I guess this is where all my frustration is coming from. Why were they not arrested in that moment? I, I just I don't guess understand. I, yeah, I, I absolutely don't understand. But... <laughs> but the mom slapped him in the face, and that was good. Yeah, we kind of found out more about mom, which, like, it was sort of what I suspected, but also, like... Not much of an excuse. No, it's still a pretty rough excuse to torture yourself by hating your kid, even if it's only kind of your kid, like you're the only mom she ever knew. That's not really torturing yourself, it's still more torturing your kid. Mm-hmm. 
So, I guess not forgiven? I don't... Yeah. I mean, she hit her son, so... (laughs) (laughs) We wanted a mom slap, and we got a mom slap. Honestly, we can't keep asking for stuff, because they keep giving it, and that's great. But, like, yeah, you're not forgiven, because your excuse didn't make much sense. So I'm not here for it. I guess I'm still in the camp of, like, what we said a couple episodes ago of, or maybe last episode, of, like, I just wanted to support Sabri from the background and maybe not, like, actively try and support Sabri or foster a new relationship with her. I just wanted to be, like, repentant from a distance. I feel like that's sort of what she's doing in the sense that she didn't know she was being recorded when she said everything she said about the story with Sari, and then later she meets up with Jenhyuk, which, like, what an interesting meeting. That was one that, like, I was kind of excited to see, and then in the end it wasn't really anything, so I was like, okay, fine. Oh, really? I thought it was perfect. I definitely wanted him to, I don't know, deliver a little bit more guilt for her to feel. <laughs> you know? You know? I, like, okay, I get that he did like what he said was kind of perfect if i'm being honest and that it's like okay well you could be here for you could be her mom by her side there's nothing stopping you and i yeah okay yes regen hook okay (laughs) but i also wanted him to maybe kind of along with that just deliver a you're right she has been alone her whole life and Uh, You have no clue how that's affected her. And I am like, she's worth love. Just so you know, she was worth uh, showing up for, you know? Yeah, it feels both like not Ri Jung-hyuk's character to get that involved and say that much. And it also feels like he doesn't know as much about their relationship as we do. Yeah. So I feel like he sees, obviously, Seiri's somewhat her feelings towards her mom and kind of how she keeps saying that like nobody misses her when she's gone but i like to think that maybe he just didn't know enough to say a lot in that scene so he was like i'll say my piece i'll say just like be there going for her forward be there for her going forward and like good luck to you and i thought that was perfect i thought it was so well done and i loved the like contradiction of the the comedy in the background where the three boys are like this is what happens in these types of scenes in dramas like this is such a trope we're so ready for it and it just keeps like almost happening and then it's crash landing on you it's new it's revolutionary they're doing the tropes but they're doing them differently and Oh, I just thought it was such a perfect scene. Yeah, they have been blowing the tropes out of the water for this show in, like, the best way. Because, like you said, they're doing all of the tropes. They've lived together. They've done the fake relationship trope. They've done the getting caught and kissing trope. They've done it. They've really done it all. They've done it all. But they've done it in a way that... I still feel surprised at every moment during this K-drama. And delighted. Yeah. Okay, I do really want to talk about how stupidly excited I get every time Rejoni Hawk gets in a fist fight with people. (laughs) My dumb monkey brain loves to see that level of beautiful violence, because I... Okay, you've all been here for a while now. 
Raquel loves Raquel, me. I'm Raquel. Hi. Uh, I love a good choreographed fight scene, like a really beautifully choreographed fight scene. These episodes, these past two episodes were pretty jam packed. Like we saw him take on 30 people. Yeah. What? It was like watching strong woman Dobong Soon, like, <laughs> superhero. He's as strong as strong woman Dobong Soon, and that's pretty <laughs> darn strong. That's literally super strength. But for real, watching him and watching his boys, like the car gets surrounded and they all jump out. <gasps> oh, those boys! Those boys! That was so good. Oh my god! Like I know. Like you said, stupid monkey brain over here. But I was like, not gonna lie, I'm gonna say North Koreans can win in a street fight. Like For sure. I was so stoked on watching some freaking North Korean elite super soldiers go head-to-head against some thugs on the street. Yes. Yes. And then even the wiretapper jumps out of the back of the car. Punches one whole guy, which is more <laughs> than I could punch, so... Yeah. I feel like it's that thing where you're like, that's me, looking like a fool, like, not fighting well. And then you're like, no, he's still, like, a full-grown man. I don't think I could fight as well as him. <laughs> well done, wiretapper. Yeah. But, yeah, watching Ri Jung-hyuk fight, amazing, incredible. Then watching all of them come together, like, oh, my God, that scene with the suits. Where yes. in front of the head. Give me goblin vibes. Give me that scene. Ten times forever. Yeah, new background on my computer. We <laughs> my found heart. it. Yeah, new background in my heart because I love all of those boys so much. They deserve every good thing that Sayuri bought for them and did for them and all of the favors. Do you remember that time she introduced that Kate from actress to one of our good boys? And I was like, freaking, my whole heart was just liquid <laughs> forever. And I was cringing the whole time. And I did hover over the 10 second skip, but I forced myself to watch it because he deserved that. <laughs> he deserved that, even with his weird hat that I thought they were going to explain where he got that from, and they didn't, and that's fine. Oh. Um, I like to think that maybe it's from the drama that she was in, so that's oh, on me. Oh, I bet. Right. But, like... That's gotta be it. But, like, does he need to wear it? I guess just as a person, like, like we said, we're swimming in the kiddie pool over here of Korean drama knowledge, but, like, as a person who didn't get the reference, I was like, so this is weird, why is he wearing that? And then he keeps it on the entire meeting. Bold choice, my bud. But I'm happy for you. You deserve it. Those suits were very, very good. My heart may be stopped. I am a very simple woman, and seeing a man in a suit is like chef's kiss. That's very good yeah. content. Watching Word. six men in suits beat up a bunch of thugs. Yes, it's more than I ever could have asked for. It's like... On paper, kind of cheesy. Not gonna lie, I did laugh a little bit when Ri Jung-hyuk kicked, kicked down the door, and he's, like, standing there in his suit looking all, like, suave, looking like he's ready to kick some butt, and I was like, that looks like a scene. Um, that's fine. You're in a drama. You can look like you're filming a drama. Yeah. But if you get into it, if you let yourself, like, bask in the alternate reality that they've created where the good guys are cool and the bad guys look dumb oh it's very good yes oh and then Ceres, uh her own thug collection comes out <laughs> where did you get those is it, is it really messed up to call them a thug collection they're like people that like they're showed people. up so that's good but they definitely just showed up for the money and like 
That's fine. Yeah. We can't call them good boys. They can be the Thug Collection. <laughs> I think it's a cool name. I wouldn't be thug offended collection. by it. Maybe that's... Yeah. It could be like a band name or like a... Ooh. A name. Yeah. It's a good band name. All right. You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah. Very, very good. Very good content. It's a little bit tropey and I was absolutely into it. Yes. That warehouse scene gave me all the anxiety in the world. I'm so glad the wiretapper made it out alive. I didn't think he was going to. I'm if I'm being honest, I'd still don't I'm still not convinced he's making it out of this drama alive. Or his wife? Like we got a cliffhanger where his wife is being told there was a car accident and she needs to go with these dudes. <laughs> She's being straight up abducted. Can you not drama? We're so worried about <sighs> Woopil's dad. We can't also um, worry about Woopil's mom. You know who's doing it though? I just it occurred to me. Uh, want to come to Prediction Corner with me? Mm-hmm. Is it safe there? Uh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to go anymore. No, I, no one gets murdered in my Prediction okay. Corner. But is anything safe in this K-drama? Because they've got some du- double-edged swords just floating around. Fair. Um, I think it was Regen Hyuk's dad. Oh, he does abduct people a lot. Yeah, I think that he is... I think that's what that moment was where he was standing there and he was like, if the ones sent to get him aren't coming back either, then what do I do? And the answer is uh, send the only known easily accessible family member to South Korea and uh, remind them that they have an entire community of people that are counting on them to come back and they can't just keep fucking around in South Korea to keep Sari safe. she's actually going to go to the South? I think she's going to go to the South and I think that it's going to be a stark reminder of the fact that them keeping Sari safe means that they are endangering dozens of people. Oh, this is so hard. Oh. Miguel, your prediction corners aren't fun. No. I mean, no one got murdered, so... No one got murdered, and that's nice. She's not being held hostage, and that's nice. But she does have to go to the South, which is like, yes, personally, I do want to see that. I'm a simple lady. I want to see everyone (laughs) go to the South and get a makeover. Is that too much to ask? So far, all the makeovers they've given us are... 100% 100% worth it. So good. So worth the danger. But like, yeah, it makes me nervous. 100%. Please just don't mess with her. Nobody touch her and then we'll be fine. But we got like three cliffhangers in a row or f- I think first she was abducted or, you know, quote unquote abducted. Then we got Sung Jun on the rooftop with that look in his eye. Gusan Jun had quite the journey these two episodes, and I live for it. I think we are all on board the ship now. Hello, Gusan Jun. I hope you live. Yeah, the, I mean the ship set sail, and I was I was already like on it for sure. I was waiting for it to set sail, and then it didn't. I was like, oh, this ship is even cooler than I thought it was. It's so good. Like he's so good at monologues. He did a very very good villain monologue in our first half of the show. And in this last half, he did a very good romantic monologue. And I was so proud of him. And I love that they kept that character aspect of like, yeah, this boy can do a good monologue. Let's hear it. Let's hear why you love her. I'm 
ready. It was beautiful. And obviously Dan thought so too. Yeah, we got the female first kiss. Yes. So Dan is totally the type of girl to kiss first. Go for it. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's hard because I want them to be together and be happy. But I also don't want him to like rely on her as much as he is right now for much longer. He's definitely not anymore, I think. Which is to say someone showed up on that rooftop and he looked surprised to see who it was. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it's either her or her mom, but... I really hope it's her mom, because we also got a super good mom monologue. She gets an award for that monologue, because that drunken, on-the-couch mom being like, I may have made a mistake, I just want you to be happy, and allowing Dan... Like, obviously, I don't think Dan was keeping up as much as we were. But allowing Dan to be like, so I don't have to go through with this arranged marriage. I should follow my heart. Thanks, Mom. It's what I needed from you to just tell your daughter, like, be happy. That's all I really want. She's a good mom. She's such a good mom. So I hope her mom appears on the rooftop and saves Alberto Gu. Yeah. Guess it could be her uncle, but I don't think that he would either. He doesn't seem quite as much on our side yet. Like, he doesn't seem against them being together, but he was the one that found out he was a con man. And I think it's taken so Dan and her mom quite a bit of time to be like, well, I guess it's okay if you're a con man because Dan likes you. Yeah, and she knows that you're a con man, so you're yeah. probably not conning her. I mean, like, maybe, but probably not, because... Dan's pretty smart. Yeah. I feel like Dan is the type of person that would not be easily conned. Like, her (laughs) fiancé couldn't even hide an affair he was having about a solid two weeks before the affair even started, so... (laughs) So, like, nothing gets past so Dan. Good for you, homegirl. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I still can't tell if, like, the uncle appeared on that rooftop if he'd actually help Gusung Jun. Yeah, it's almost like there's a solid chance he's, like, leading the charge. But I don't, like, he's not really a bad guy or, like, an aggressive, like, I'm gonna go kill Alberto guy, Mm -mm. so. He's a one-star general, which we all know what that means. Yeah. Um, And if you don't, (laughs) maybe you should Google it before the podcast starts so that you do know what that means. Let let, uh, Educate yourself, and then you come to us after you've done your homework and tell us what being a one-star general means, and we'll tell you if you're right or wrong. So, <laughs> Just let us know in the comments what a one-star general is. <laughs> we definitely all know what it is, so I think we'll all be on the same page. Um, I think he's got enough power to maybe help Gusung Jun if he gets arrested, but... <laughs> what if it's Ray Jun Hyuk's dad? He's just showing up everywhere. <laughs> He kidnaps everyone. <laughs> everyone in Korea is kidnapped by Ri Jun Hyuk's dad. But, like, willingly? Willingly abducted? Willingly abducted? Might as well. I don't even know what to do with that. Do you remember when Gu Sung Jun was photographed with Seiri and those photographs were given to Seiri's dad? Yeah. Is that going to turn into anything? Or are we done with that since Sehyun is an accused murderer? I'm pretty sure we're done with it. It ha- uh, But, like, 
They aren't really... In my experience, this K-drama leaves literally nothing untied. Like, there's no unfinished conversation because they come back to conversations people were having, like, an episode and a half later, and they're like, remember this conversation? Actually, it ended like this. Actually, it ended with the wiretapper, our good man, Mon Bak. He goes ahead and he wiretaps Savory's room, just so you guys know. But the conversation they had earlier, same convo that you find that out later. I digress. Um, they leave nothing, no stone unturned and no loop uncompleted. Like they don't, they don't do that. They don't do that. I don't get how. Yeah. So with all of the ends connected, I do feel like there is a solid chance that that's going to come back and I hate it. I want that to be one we drop. Okay. Like I know that Goo Sung Jun has a lot of secrets and some history with your family, but maybe let's just let him go. Maybe let's just let him stay where he's at. I'm just so grateful that Yoon Siri woke up because she can start explaining some of these lies, if asked. You know, like, we do have to ask her what's up with these pictures, but... Her mom would definitely ask, I think, at this point. Or, like, I think her mom is so fully, like, has so completely shipped herself down guilt trip lane. Uh, Rightfully so. I'm glad she did it herself. Other people have probably tried in the past, but it clearly didn't stick. (laughs) Um, Anyway, she's so fully committed to her own guilt trip to herself that I think that probably she will always be in Seiri's corner forever now. So I like to think that that's the case, man. Don't pivot on us now. Yeah, I just can't see Seiri communicating with her mom very well. Like, I can see her mom trying to turn it around and being like, I'm in your corner. But like I said, I feel like it's got to be more background work. Because if she was like, hey, your dad got these strange pictures of you and this con man together up in North Korea. What's up with this? I feel like Seiri would be like, none of your business. And <laughs> that's the end of the conversation. I don't know. I think it's just as likely that she would do it in the background, though. And just, at, like, if it came up at all, she would immediately, like... If maybe if Seri's dad confronted her and was like, hey, what about this punk that stole my money and you were hanging out with him in North Korea? Then Seri's mom would like be like, okay, so listen, I'm in the room now. I was. <laughs> I was quietly sitting earlier, but now I'm definitely, I've been in the room. I know what you just accused her of. But listen, you should see her boyfriend. First of all, very tall, very broad shoulders. <laughs> Great shoulders. Can we talk about that for a minute? Alberto has nothing on this bish. Um, (laughs) Um, Alberto's got those washboard abs. Yeah, he do, actually. He do. He showed the whole neighborhood. (laughs) He's gonna stay. Uh, But then she'd be like, also, think about the source from which you got those pictures and how they straight up admitted to trying to murder Seiri. Do we think that maybe Seiri has something to say for herself about this? That would be nice. I'm gonna hope for that. Yeah. Just, like, ask Seiri some questions and listen to her answers, guys. Okay, are we ready for that? Rich families are never ready for that. Oh, these darn rich families. I loved that NIS agent's face during the whole, like, drama scene where the mom slaps her son, and he's just like, rich people, man. (laughs) (laughs) That wouldn't be me in that room. Like, if I was completely unconnected to all of these characters, and I found out, like, the rich, stupid, weenie baby middle son and his psychotic wife had tried to murder or, like, facilitate the murder of the sister, I 
honest to God, I would just be standing there like, you know, this is why I don't have money. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to arrest you. So like, figure it out, I guess. Say whatever you want. Say whatever you want. I'm not here to arrest anybody. Oh, I will not get over that. I have become more and more endeared to the older brother in these, in the last half of this show. Yeah. He's not a good guy, but he's not (laughs) facilitating the murder of his sister. He's just so pathetic that I think we're going to have a good time. You can just stay where you're at. Stop vying for more power. You don't need that. You can't handle that. No, you and your wife are such potatoes. It's crazy. (laughs) I love to watch them. They're so good. They're so good. I know that I was endeared to his wife from episode one because she's got the best smile. She does have a cute smile. But it's nice to see them just derp around. Yeah, I also, lucky them, middle brother set the bar pretty low, because at this point, all you have to do is not be a murderer, and you're still a pretty good son. That's fair. Pretty low bar there. (laughs) And they passed it. I like him a lot. Yeah, same. (laughs) Uh, Remember when Siri and Ri Jung-hyuk went on a day date? Yes, and it was the cutest... I don't know if day-date is a common term outside of Utah. Is no, is it just a I, date during the day? I think it might just be a date, but I honestly also have no real reference. I I don't go on any dates day or night. So <laughs> They go on a day-date, which is a date that they go on during the day. Mm-hmm. And they skip work to go on a day-date. Yeah, they used a word that I wasn't familiar with. Like, we buck off work or something yeah what was it i think it was right should we like it was buck was it buck i don't think it was buck um it was a term i'd never heard before in my life and i did not understand that they were playing hooky well yeah so there's a term that utahns use that i think almost singularly like it's only utahns but i'm not sure uh let me know if you listen to the podcast and you've ever heard this or used this before when i was in middle school and high school we called it sloughing yeah sloughing maybe that's more common than i think it is but i have heard that sloughing is like very specifically not a word outside of utah wow but like hooky like playing hooky is a pretty common term And I have no idea what they used in the show, but I had not heard it before, and I was not clear on what they were going to do until they were doing it. Yeah, I was startled for a a couple seconds, and I was like, oh, okay, they're playing (laughs) hooky. They're sloughing. They're sloughing. They go on a very cute date. They go to the movies, and they put the armrest up, as you do during on a date. I'll give you that tip, Raquel. I don't know if you've ever done that. Um, yeah, actually, went and saw Wonder Woman on a date. We put the armrest up and held hands the whole time. Oh my wow. god, Raquel, that's so cute! <laughs> I feel like that's something you and I would do, because we're idiots. <laughs> Spoiler alert, though, we're not dating anymore, so... <laughs> I can't come home, it's fine. <laughs> we'll date in a year. Wait for me. I'll wait for you. I, I've waited 26 years. I'll wait 26 more. <laughs> Hopefully you don't have to wait that long. <laughs> Maybe just one more. Let's keep it positive. I will get home eventually. It's been 84 years. <laughs> um. Then they go to the bridge. And I think when we first found out that they met on that bridge and she took a picture of them, I was definitely team 
this was a stupid scene that shouldn't have happened. Like, whatever, I don't care. When he tells her the story in the most, like, poetic, roundabout, beautiful, and charming way, I was like definitely didn't. team... I'm so glad they met on the bridge. What a beautiful story. Yeah. A uh, really beautiful story. And then it creates one of the happiest moments of Sari's life, which we definitely circle back to, to hurt us, you know. <laughs> they used to that against us, for sure. <laughs> like a boomerang of hurt. Yeah. Which makes sense. You can tell they're using all the good scenes as ammunition against us. Can't wait to see how they try and ruin me when they can't be together in the end. Great. Cool. Because I definitely haven't just loved watching them in the freaking hospital room be obnoxiously sweet to each other. Oh, no. I'm definitely not going to be crushed when that ends. Yeah. Um. Why do we have to have the two most wonderful main characters that have maybe ever existed? with the best chemistry, go ahead and be in a situation where I just cannot envision a situation where they are together. So maybe Ri Jung-hyuk gets arrested, right? I don't think he's going to shoot Jo Chol-gong. I'm really still hoping that Jo Chol-gong dies of an infection from his gunshot wound and his sketchy surgery. Just crossing my fingers, hoping that he dies of an infection. I think it'll happen. He's so sweaty. I'm really hoping that he didn't just get shot, simply because I feel like if he got shot and Ri Jun-hyuk got shot, then Ri Jun-hyuk is going to get a terrible infection. Just like, same bullet goes through both of them. It's over. That's Ew. end game. Yeah. I do think maybe they both got shot. Do you think it's possible that Ri Jun-hyuk got shot twice in the same show? That's too many. <laughs> you guys have to stop shooting Ri Jun-hyuk. If you shoot him twice, that's too many. I'll have a cute scar to show Siri. <laughs> <laughs> that was so precious. Stop doing precious things. Literally. And making them funny. Yeah, the absolute cutest. Um, They kill me. I'm dead. I've been killed. I'd like to report a murder, me. <laughs> but say he wasn't shot, and he survives, and he gets arrested by the NIS. Is there a chance that he can stay in South Korea? Interesting question. I feel like probably not, and I'm worried about him being sent back by the NIS. I hope he doesn't get caught. I hope something happens. I hope we can cut a deal. I hope, I don't know. I don't know what I'm hoping for, but I'm hoping that it doesn't end with him and all of our good boys being arrested. Yeah. And sent back in shame to a country that will kill them for running away to the South. <laughs> what I think is going to... Okay, here's the only happy ending I can envision, which... Woof. Because I don't know if it's the happiest ending. Regen Hyuk's dad just set up a situation for Seiri to come back to North Yeah, Curry. what the hell is that? <laughs> hey, sir? I'm gonna say hard pass on that. Thank you. Your country is fine. But I would not like to return. Mm -mm. Um, but also, she might do it, you know? Not gonna lie, if she could stay with Ri Jung-hyuk, she might move to so North Korea. North Korea? I would, North Korea. I wouldn't judge her. I would support her 100%. <laughs> what if she leaves behind her all of her worldly possessions and moves to North, North Korea? Or, like, opens up a branch of series choice in North Korea. Is that... Is she the bridge to unification? Is she the bridge to unification? Find out 
next week on the last two episodes of Crash Landing on You. Let's see if we make it. I am, um, yeah, so I'm in this weird place with the show as we wrap up this episode and get ready for, like, the finale, where I have never wanted to finish a show more. I always do this thing with, like, media that I love where I refuse to finish it because I hate existing in a world where I don't get to anticipate it anymore. Oh. But this show is so... It's amazing. Like, I honestly could never... I, we, we've had a lot of fun here today. We've made a lot of jokes. I love this show so much, but I actually can't keep doing this. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't live with the anxiety that this show gives me. I can't go week to week waiting to find out if we're going to have a remotely happy ending or if someone ends up dead or if we just don't even ever get to be together and we have to live out our lives apart and i and watching family members act fucking crazy and seedy and mean and psychotic over money and watching all of these characters that have become so beloved like watching them be manipulated and be in terrifying situations constantly i guess what i'm trying to say is i love this show so so much there's nothing about it that i would change and i cannot wait to not have to anticipate it anymore (laughs) it's beautiful and amazing and i i do like finishing shows i like the finale that's why i don't do it as often anymore but that's why i used to like sometimes skip the middle part of shows and just see the finale because i like the closed book feeling i like the the finished like i like the finished product of like being able to feel closure about about this show that i've watched so i'm very excited for the finale but like you said i'm just i've never been this stressed watching a show and i'm just gonna need it to stop now i need to take a break i need to calm down like my my own world is being very stressful now, especially. So I'm just going to need to pick a more relaxing drama for our next one. Just like literally absolute brain candy. Nothing bad ever happens. It's not even a drama. What if we watch like Korean reality TV for our next like <laughs> running man or something? <laughs> what if we watch Harry, Harry's Ben Breakfast? <gasps> That's a good idea. And we know it's not a K-drama, and we know maybe that's not what you're here for, but... But we need to not die, and we're worried we're going to die from this freaking drama. Can't do it anymore. We're too into it. We're too invested. Yeah. Be gone, crash landing. But also never leave. But oh, never I hate leave. this show. I love it so much. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? <sighs> okay, if you have all the thoughts and feelings in the world just like us, get in touch. Let us know. Give us an email at plankpodcast at gmail.com if you've got a lot to share, just like us. We'd love to read your emails, and it would mean the world to us if you said hi. Yeah, uh, we also have our website. It is plankay.com. 
We have our episodes up on the website. You can sign up for our newsletters where we tell you what K-drama we're watching next. And Emily also does awesome posts about what she's been watching for the month. And that's one of my favorite things. And soon we'll be watching a new K-drama. So it's a good time to subscribe. And you can find the link to our Patreon there. Whoop, whoop. Or you can go to patreon.com slash playonk. And there you can sign up for our Patreon and support us and buy us a cup of coffee. Or just help us keep this podcast going. But... As our gift to you, we have lots of blog posts where we talk about different dramas that never made it onto the podcast, but that we loved or hated or felt whatever about. We have bonus episodes. We have early access to each of our episodes. And we have watch parties where we watch shows together with our Patreon subscribers. So join us there for all that, if you can, if you want to. We would be super grateful forever if you did. Yeah, and then finally we are on like a bunch of different podcasting streaming services. So wherever you prefer to listen, we're on Stitcher, Blueberry, iTunes. We are on Spotify. Um, most of those places have a, pl- a place you can go to like rate and review us. And if you did that for us, we'd really, really appreciate it. Especially if you have good things to say. I know that it's kind of corny to ask for like good things to say, but if you just like feel really passionately about us doing this, then drop on by and give us a little hey and then maybe a five star rating and we will shout you out and love you forever because God, would we appreciate that? We'd appreciate it so much. Compliments go straight to our heart. And also, it would help us be seen by other people looking for Korean drama podcasts. We made the mistake of naming our podcast Play on K instead of something that included the words Korean or drama. So sometimes our podcast is hard to find for new listeners. So you give us ratings. Believe. Give us reviews. Uh, we need them. Please. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, James Hevel, for our beautiful, wonderful theme song. We love it and we love you. We love it and we love you and we love you all for listening. Join us next week for the finale of Crash Landing on You. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.